just like you, Jesus. I want to pray like you. want to love like you. I want to look like you, just like you, Jesus. Welcome to Magnified Word Broadcast with Bishop Chris Quinston Addo, a son of the prophet, Darkie Wood Mills. Teaching the nations with signs, wonders, and prophetic manifestations, He's currently the senior pastor of the Captain of Salvation Cathedral, Kaswa Nyinyano Kokraba. Now on today's message. Everything. So please forgive us. When I say forgive us, I'm talking about forgive all of us. <laughs> we should forgive ourselves. <laughs> and uh, rather, within the few minutes we have, we just maximize and then talk about few things that will be a blessing to us. Because we are believers, I, I just want to talk about the fact that God wants us to, as believers and couples, have a type of marriage that would be an example to others. Truth be told, um, if you are a Christian and you are married, Usually marriage starts so beautifully, but as you keep going, it gets tougher and tougher. I don't know if we can all attest to that. Because fundamentally, I think Satan doesn't like marriages. So apart from um, issues that I would want to mention a few, one of the things that Satan seems to do is to directly fight Christian marriages. And I've even come to see, because I've, by the grace of God, I've been married for 21 years. I have come to see that even as we in the UD, with all the commitments and then um, the way ministry is like for us, as you get involved, marriage even becomes sometimes even tougher than the ordinary Christian marriages. But I think it is one of the reasons why it's good for us to have such a program like this. And when my wife started talking, I think what she was saying was so crucial that one of the reasons why we are trying to have this is because sometimes we can be so busy that we don't even take time to appreciate ourselves and then enjoy ourselves. I don't personally remember the last time I actually spent time with my wife in a particular way. And some of you may have, but I believe some of you can also agree with me that it's the same. So when we have such um, seasons like that, it's just nice for us to spend such a quality time and then rekindle our love and our flame of love. And so, having said all that, what I want to say is that because we are Christians, our love must be based on what the Bible says. You know, and uh, I just want to read First Corinthians chapter 13, where we have a lot said about love. And as I mention them quickly, I'll give us an opportunity to ask questions, and then 
I believe the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom to be able to address it. So in First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1, it says that, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, which is love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and I have not love, I am nothing. Though I'm reading from King James, I prefer to use love instead of charity. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profiteth me nothing. And then verse 4, he starts explaining what is love. So as I mentioned them, I want us all to look into our marriage life and see whether these things that are stated in the Bible are working. If it's not working, then our desire is that tonight God will rekindle all such in our marriages. Can I have an amen? amen. So he said that love suffers long. So it's, it's, it's true. When you marry, you realize that there's some few challenges here and there, if not many. <laughs> love suffers. And the suffering is long. Some of you, what the questions you ask would be answered by this point. Love suffers long. And it's kind. Love is kind. So our marriage love must express kindness. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. That means that it's not proud. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Love seeketh not her own. That means that if you're a couple and love is really at work, you don't think about yourself. You're not selfish. Husband must always be concerned about wife. Wife must always be concerned about husband. You are each other's keeper. You think more of making sure that each other is happy and then is well and doing well as God would expect of you. He said that love is not easily provoked and thinketh not evil. Verse 6, love rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Then the final point, he said that love bears all things. For me, I think that that is where I'd want to emphasize. is that love bears all things. Love believes all things. Sometimes things are not the way you expect. But as couples, we must believe 
that it's going to get better. We must believe that what we said when we were fresh as couples would still come to pass. He says that love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And then finally, he says that love endures all things. It is in this phrase that we expect that our marriages will last to the day that God calls either both of us or one of us into eternity. And so that we don't have to give up. We don't have to easily allow Satan to knock us out. And I believe that such programs are here so that we just refire ourselves and candle ourselves so that we can endure to the end. Can I have an amen? amen? So based on that, I would now want to rest my small presentation. And then if anyone wants to ask a question or want to make a comment, I think it's allowed. Thank you. Let's appreciate the bishop. Let's appreciate the bishop. Wow. Love suffers. Indeed, it suffers long. And so, on this note, if you have a question, any question on your mind, you want to ask the bishop, I believe that this is the time. The opportunity is now. Please, anyone... Now I'm going to come to every table. Because everybody has a question. It's like, oh, my way And I say, if I ask, me coffee, me church room. I think that because of that, maybe if, um, maybe a question as such that you don't want somebody to tag you with that and you want to write, I think it's allowed. So if, if, if people need papers, we can make it available. We are here to learn. Thank you so much, Bishop. We are here to learn. And so I'm going to pass papers around. Maybe you would want to write. And then uh, it will be like anonymous something. Yeah. But then indeed, if you also have a question you want to ask, yeah. I believe that uh, the opportunity is there. Juan, you have one. So this song was composed by our prophet, Prophet Until Lizzie, you want to say something? Mama Lizzie, several. <laughs> A marriage counselor. Very anointed. Please, let's, let's make it lively. Please, let's make it lively. You have a question. You are free to ask. You are not answerable to anybody. Please, you are free to ask. Reverend Richard, please open the floor. You have a question. Okay. I will open the floor. If we are we are on the last floor, so if you open the floor, we all get trapped. <laughs> Bishop, please, in your submission, you said 
love does not think of its own. So, does it mean that if my spouse is thinking of her own, thinking about herself, everything, myself, myself, does it mean she doesn't love me? That's my question. So, Bishop, uh, Reverend Richard is asking that in your submission, you mentioned that love does not seek its own. And so, he's asking that in a case where you are with your spouse and all he or she thinks about is him or herself, himself or herself, what does that mean? Is that not love? Or does that mean that the person is not loving you? I, I, I think that is what the Bible is saying. <laughs> So love, love must be wholesome. So if that is be revealed, then I mean that the love is questionable. So, and that's why we need to read our Bible and then believe the Holy Spirit to help us to be doers of the word. So I think what it means is that that spouse has a love that is not complete. Thinking about himself or herself. It's not the love of God. I need to say that, you know, marriage, we have different types of marriage. There's a world of reality type of marriage. And there's the godly type of marriage. We are talking about the godly type of marriage. So based on that, yes, it means that the love is not, is not there. Yeah. Bishop, please, thank you. I, I want to ask my last question, which is bothering me. And this side where you said, love suffers long. Please, can you go deeper a little for us? Where does the suffering long comes in? Is it where she is sick? Is it where the, maybe one is being abused? Is it where... I, I, please, if you can, go in yeah, a little for I, I think I think we... You see, every marriage is peculiar. It's, it's difficult to say say you know, are the same based on the fact that we are two different entities that have come together and then the circumstances and surroundings that pertain to that particular marriage is different from another and you know we, what you find yourself going through in your marriage journey may be different from what another couple is going through for example for some reason that particular couple the fact that one year, two years, three years it's a type of suffering will the man change? because when we are getting married we say for better for worse or in prosperity or adversity I would love you I would never change so if that in Akolaima is a type of suffering and people are teasing you, laughing at you, all those things that go on, but you still endure, you do what you have to do for your wife, you're always there, you're proud of her, that is love enduring for long. And I say, so enduring the suffering for long. It's a type. This is just an example. So it can be in terms of Finances, it could be in terms of 
fruitfulness it can be in terms of anything that we all go through in our marriage which i'm sure everybody has <laughs> sufferings that we all suffer for some reasons let me give you a, a typical example my my cousin 19 somewhere in the mid 90s got married to a very nice young lady of pentecost church i was there when they got married, I think six years later, this cousin of mine lost his job. When he lost his job, the wife, after a year, told him, said, they'll move out. And unfortunately, after the year came, my cousin had not gotten a job. I mean, in terms of permanent job. And truly, she left. She couldn't endure the suffering for long. You see, so these are some of the things. But like we are learning, no matter whatever it is, God wants you to endure the suffering because we have godly love. So I don't know if I've answered you. Bishop is nodding his head, which means he concurs. But Bishop, I have a question. Um, let's say you, you are married to somebody who has a mental problem, but it didn't manifest when you were dating the person. Now, you married and the thing comes. And when it comes, the person tells you, you, I will shoot you. I will shoot you, I will shoot you. And keep threatening you. What do you do under such circumstances? Would you still stay in the marriage? And anything can happen. So would you advise such a person to stay in the marriage or just yes, advise? Yes, marriage is not just staying in one house under a roof. <laughs> marriage is not just staying under a roof. So if you really love that spouse, you do everything possible for the spouse to have the needed counsel, the needed medical attention so that that person gets well or the needed spiritual attention. Maybe that for the risk of staying with that spouse that can cause havoc, you would have to separate. Separation is not divorce. So within that period, if you love your spouse, you do everything possible for that spouse to have the needed attention. And that, that is love being shown within that season. And I'm sure if you truly love the spouse, God comes in and then will help restore. Yeah. Because Bible says that faith works by love. So where there's love, there's much faith. And then God also is moved by faith. So when you love somebody and you do everything possible for the person, you'll be surprised how God is able to come in and heal. I don't know if I've answered that question. Michelle, yeah. thank you. Okay, please. Do you have a question? Does that mean we are all A1 husbands, A1 wives? No. It's like Pastor Ben is an A1 husband. Be like that. He doesn't have any question. T4, T4. <laughs> C4, C4. B, B, B3, 
for Pastor Eben. <laughs> so please, uh, want to welcome your questions. I believe there are a lot of us here who are dealing with so much at home. You are dealing with so much in marriages, financial issues, depressions, and other, I mean, <laughs> but you would still want to ask, but you are feeling shy. Please, papers are coming round. You don't need to write your name under it. Just write your question, whatever is on your mind. And I'll read it nicely in a way that nobody would know that you are the one who wrote it. And so please, Mr. Kwaku, it's like you have a question. Thank you very much. Bishop, I've lost my voice. I'm sorry. But I'll try to speak. <clears throat> my question is that, yeah, um, <clears throat> hopefully you could see that the Christian marriages, now with all that is, uh, we are, it's been done in terms of maybe seminars, um, maybe you know, teachings and all that in the church, you could see that, um, according to what I heard, was that the Divorce rate of Christian marriages is very high. Yeah, so um, I want to find out what is the cause because I was thinking with knowledge, the amount of knowledge we have uh, in this era that would rather make our marriages better. But it's not so. So my question is that what is the cause? Having more divorces, though we are more blessed by, by our pastors, our teachers, our counselors. Yes. All right. So if I get Mr. Kwaku, he's simply asking. Um, it's almost like for some past years now, there's so much divorce in the church. And then what are some of the reasons why? Okay, so I would say that number one, Jesus actually spoke about that. The apostles also said that in the last days there will be such as people will be now lovers of themselves so being a lover of yourself immediately becomes a weapon that fights against marriage like we rightly said marriage is not about yourself it's about you and then your partner this is the so already that prophecy that in the last days there will be perilous times and then we will be lovers of ourselves begins to fight marriages but as a Christian that is where you need to let the word of God be magnified above that now secondly I also feel that sometimes the foundation the foundation for the marriages sometimes could be the cause to the many divorces that we are having for example you, you meet people who just get married after a very short time of meeting each other. These days, even two weeks, people want to marry. People just meet their spouses on social media. You have not befriended the person. You don't know anything about the person. You just like the looks. And the fact that a person goes to a particular church that has a name that you want to marry. Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can 
the righteous do. So I feel that that is another reason why there's so much increase in divorce. Now, the other thing that has to do with foundation also is that sometimes people marry, but the foundation in terms of having, speaking the truth to themselves, right from the beginning, sometimes it's not there. And when I say speaking the truth, maybe not, not even just speaking the truth, speaking and acting the truth. So, I personally believe that we are the church of God or believers today, some believers today, are not too converted properly. So, like our church, you can be in a church, but you are not converted. Like I've been sharing this past week and during the all night. So, when you have such situations, you can have a couple who like themselves, but foundationally, they are not proper Christians. And so, in the marriage, they allow their flesh, they allow their temperaments to rule them more than what the Word of God says. And that is one of the reasons why I think divorce rate has gone high. So I think I'll just mention these few. Oh, I think you should put your hands together for Bishop. Bishop, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Bishop, I want to ask a question. I think if there are contributions to the same question, is allowed, yeah. Okay, Bishop, I want to know, marriage, forbidding to marry, is it a sin? And the reason I'm asking so is because uh, recently I was doing my quiet time First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to verse 3 it talks about the fact that um, I'll read it says now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils now verse 3 it talks about forbidding to marry and then other, other follows so I want to know forbidding to marry just so that, oh, if I don't marry, I'm free from some of these things. Is it a sin? I, I don't think so. But, you see, I, I need to clarify what is sin. Because we have, over time, we have restricted sin to things like immorality. But sin is anything that God is saying and you doing contrary. So, if let's say you want to marry and God doesn't want you to marry and you marry, it's sin. If you don't want to marry but God wants you to marry, it's sin. Like Jesus turning wanted um, the devil trying to get Jesus to turn stone into bread if he had accepted was sin. It is so there are some people I believe that according to God's destiny for them, they may not have to marry. But, especially in our world today, it's almost like when you're at some particular age, it's expected of you that you should marry. So if somebody comes up and says that, oh, I feel God doesn't want me to marry, or the Lord tells me that I should not marry, that's forbidden to marry, I think we should just go by what the person is saying, if the person believes that it's God. So Paul didn't marry, Jesus didn't marry, John the Baptist didn't marry, and a lot of names that we can list. Wow. 
Thank you so much, Bishop. So what's the sin is actually what God has commanded you and you do otherwise. Yeah. That's a sin. Thank you so much, Bishop. Bishop, somebody is asking. He says, Bishop, please. Is it very prudent to disclose all your bank accounts or business projects, etc., to your wife? Thinking of a secret backup. Okay. Okay. I think my answer will be the foundational standards that both of you have. If you are you agree that we'll lay everything open to each other, and that's how you started. I think then it must apply. But if there's a couple that whilst you started your relationship, that wasn't an issue. And there are couples like that. Then I think that one too, it depends. So my answer is, it's not a hard and fast rule. It would be unfair to say yes or no. It depends on the, that's why I said every marriage is peculiar depends on what is applying for the marriage then it must be I don't know if I've answered the person <laughs> yes follow up question Bishop um, please I've seen um, certain projects or finished projects which belong to certain people and you know when they pass on their family members or their spouses didn't know that they had. I'm very sorry for my voice, but I have to speak. I'm saying that now I know of some people who have certain projects uncompleted and they they died. And their spouses didn't know that they were having such projects. And till today I know some projects even that at a brewery on the mountains that are left deserted. Because their spouses they didn't know that they were having such projects. So looking at such a situation, what do you think? Yes, that's what I'm saying that it's unfortunate because real marriage is being naked to each other. Things must be open. But unfortunately, you realize that there are some couples when things get open, it doesn't work for them. But that is the effect of such. That now a man can die and then the wife doesn't know where things are and all that. I don't know if you understand my answer. So I'm saying that if you are, and that's why you must take your time to know your spouse. You must get to know who you are going to marry and then be, be sure that both of you, you say, how can two work together except they be agreed? Both of you must agree that I like this about you, I like this about you, this is how we are going to live our lives. We open up. There are some people, opening up is not their issue. Because let's say if you are married to a bad girl, and that is what you want, and the girl is so bad that he has had sex with many people, but you are not the type of brother who is interested in knowing how the lady lived her life. So right from the beginning, that's how you have started. Maybe she also is not interested in how your life has been. You are not interested about what he does. She's also not interested about what you do. So it's almost like, oh, we are just interested to an extent. That is okay. So it depends on what is working in the marriage. Let me say this. The Bible 
was written for ideal Christians. And this prophet Doug has explained in one of his messages. He said that it's unfortunate. He said one day a lady came and he said that um, Bishop, you have been preaching and you said that Bible says that husband loves your wife, love your wife, and then wife submit to your husband. What about if I'm married to a husband who is sleeping around and having an affair with many women? And then now by your preaching, you are saying that I should submit. How can I submit, including my money, my everything, to a man who is having an affair? And he said, when the lady asked him that question, it dawned on him the revelation that this is the Bible is written for people who are completely following what the Bible is saying. But in such situations, you cannot apply the scripture because the person is off. So such scenarios, the advice that is given is not directly in the Bible. And that is where God uses his pastors to give counsel. So I'm saying that in different peculiar situations, sometimes that is what will work. Wow. This is very deep. Thank you so much, Bishop. I'm learning. Put your hands together. Ah, Very deep. Very, very, very deep. Wow. Bishop, another question. Somebody is asking. He says, Bishop, please, is it good to expose your spouse to your enemies? enemies? No. That's not love. If you get to that point, there's a big problem. Because you're supposed to defend each other, protect each other. So when it gets to a point where you're exposing your spouse, then I mean something has fundamentally gone wrong. And you need healing. The healing could be counsel. It could be counselors. It could be praying for each other. Before I came here, I was watching a movie that I think most of us have watched before. It's a Christian movie called War Room. I've watched it, but this time it was ministering to me. You see, because here was this lady married to a nice man. And the husband was changing. And she was crying and feeling sad. And her job was more of real estate. So moves around and then gets to see a house. And then sometimes um, will get people to buy the house. And then one of the places... She went to meet this woman who owns this property. And the woman was a, a, a staunch Christian. And so through their interaction, the woman got to know what she was going through. And, and was able to guide and then counsel her. And the woman introduced her to praying for your husband. So when the husband was going off, she resorted to praying for the husband. And that was what changed everything. So I believe that we have to be able to pray for our spouses. You know, and then if we do, some of these things will not get there. Where you get to a point where you are exposing your spouse. The end is not good. Wow. The end is not good. Thank you so much, Bishop. That is, someone is also asking that is it compulsory to have morning devotions with your spouse? I don't think so. But it's good. It's helpful. It's constructive. It helps you to solve issues. Because marriage is friendship. So anything that will make you more friendly and friend advancing, you should get involved. So morning devotion is one of the ways to, for both of you to flow and flow well. 
So, but where they have, I've seen a couple in a country somewhere, anytime they try to do money devotion, it ends up into fighting. Because the lady will say, you see, God is saying this. And then now the whole thing becomes something. By the time they finish, so it's like, no, I, I think it won't work. Just do your devotion. Let me do my devotion. Uh-huh. So it depends on whatever is playing in there. Yeah. Mr. What you are saying is very true. <laughs> it's very, no, you are very, laughing. You have seen some before. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some before, Bishop, practically. I've seen some before. <laughs> okay, Bishop, please. Somebody's also asking. This one is says, Bishop, please, what should you do if your partner always compares you with his or her ex? <laughs> I think, I think your, your partner is, is, with all due respect to my, my English, your partner is not well. And there are a lot of marriages that spouses are not well. Sometimes husbands are sick. But because husbands have an ego, it's not easy to be told they are sick. Sometimes wives are mad. Actually, they have become what is called bipolar. By virtue of how the husband has subjected them to things. You see, so I think in such situations, there's a need for counsel. And where the husband is not willing to go for the counsel, the wife should look for an authority figure that the husband can listen to. And then I'm sure they can seek help from there. Besides her praying for him. Oh. Seek counsel, Elias. Bishop, this one is asking. He says, please, is it okay for your husband to be close to his secretary at work? Oh, well, I think, I think they are, I would say it this way. Um, it depends on the type of closeness. If it is um, closeness that is questionable, I think it's wrong. But if it is not closeness that is questionable, but it is work-related, sometimes wives cross their boundaries. Okay? Into... Let me give you an example. Your husband is a pilot. He goes into the air works with a crew of air hostesses. Some are male, some are female. Their work requires that sometimes they get to a place, they have to eat at the restaurant. But you're not there. So assuming one day there's a privilege for you to travel along and you see it, your heart can easily, depending on the type of lady you are, say, ah, is that what goes on? But that could be their ethics. Is it so? The, the, the ability not to cross into your spouses, whether husband or they are husbands too who are suspicious of their wives. For me, I'll say that trust your spouse. So where there's no trust, that is where they become a problem. So then the trust is the problem. That must be solved. Because if you're a husband and you are doing that, then that means you're unfaithful. But if you're a husband and you're not doing that, but your spouse is becoming suspicious of you just because of whatever then I think it's wrong for such things must be allowed so I wouldn't say also that um, it is wrong for a husband to work close to a secretary it depends on what is going on 
if you notice, all the answers that I'm giving is not clear cut. And that is the, that is the, the situation. Because some people are so biased that they, ha- they want to have a clear cut. So it puts some people in a kind of bottle. But that is not grace. So all the situations vary. Depend on whatever you are looking at. Wow. I mean, suggestions, please don't be quiet. And <laughs> somebody may say, oh, maybe, Bishop, what you are saying, according to this scripture, we are here to learn. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank All you right. so much, Bishop. I think your submission is full of grace and truth. Put yeah. together, full of grace. Uh, and, and, and that is love. The Bible says that God is love. First John 4, 8. And God manifested his love through his son, Jesus. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus manifests himself as grace and truth. So many people just have truth without grace. Grace without truth. But it is grace and truth. Because you have expectations, you expectations of expectations of but as to whether it's a scriptural is another thing wow thank you so much this one is asking he says, Bishop, please, if you ask my husband, yeah. do you pray for me? And he says, <laughs> oh, once a while, but I pray always for him. Okay, he says that, Bishop, please, if you ask your husband. Excuse me, excuse me, LP is saying something. I think people should talk. So I think, ask the question generally, because it's becoming boring. So people should talk. So it doesn't become like, me and you, me and you. I think. Uh, so the next question she will answer. Yeah. To start with. Okay, Bishop. So this one is for you. It says, please, if I ask my husband, do you pray for me? And he said, once a while. But I pray for, but I pray always for him. Should I go on praying for him? Yes. <laughs> I have come to see, and this one is not scriptural. Apostle Paul said this is what the scripture says. And at the point he said this is what I think. So this answer, this is what I think. From my little experience as a counselor, I have realized that almost every marriage is once a little bit tiptoed. One party seems to be more committed than the other, depending on what you are looking at. So and whether it is the will of God, I can't say. But that is what keeps the thing working. If we're all balanced, we'll be tired. We'll, we'll, we'll just be there. So means one must be higher at a point like that. So your ability to keep doing it is what brings the excitement of marriage. But it becomes painful when it's almost like you are the one who is always having to do whatever. Then I think that was... Uh, An ill <laughs> married couple, IMC. Wow. Oh, wow. 
Bishop, thank you so much. So, mommy, I think this one is for you. Somebody's asking, please, my husband's, <clears throat> he says, please, my husband's penis softens in the course of sex. What should I do? Mommy, would you want to take that? My husband's penis softens when he's having sex. What should I do? Hello? Hey, why are you high in this particular question? You are very much interested. Wow. Um, number one, it could be that you, it's, you don't allow him to enter too early. Um, you, you don't allow him to enter early. So he comes on, on, he comes on too early. And then when he enters and he's being excited, and then somewhere along the line, it could also, it could also be a medical problem. A medical problem. Yes. Yes. Mental because it must be sustained. Sometimes when, um, you, you can see when the, your wife is not enjoying it and there's no excitement. So it tends to put you down. That one, that one, that one. So it must be sustained. It must be sustained. I can see people are very excited. I, I'm uh, seeing smiles on people's faces. Mommy, I think, I think the person... Oh, someone has a contribution no, on I that think, point. I think the person is seeking what should she do to, to keep it sustained. To, what should she do yes. to keep it sustained? Yes. Oh, please. It's very important when it is going well. It is very important to um, show expite, excitement. Said that all the words of the uh, all the alphabet, the sounds of the alphabet, you hear it during such a time. Ash, ish, it's working. But we stop laughing. <laughs> Put your hands together for mommy. Very practical. Very practical. Let me, let me, let me share something. One day, Bishop did something that made me shy. He was preaching. We were in order. He said, oh, Charlie, I was shy. I don't know what came over him. He said, I don't know, I, I don't know what time it was. And he said something, oh, come now, come now, come now, stop it. I said, oh, I said, oh, I appreciate mommy. I appreciate. I appreciate. This is practical. I don't know, but mommy, when you got to this question, so the place has become you see lively. Uh-huh. You see, I want to see smiles on your face. So get excited, please. Okay. So Reverend Copson wants to ask contribution. Oh, Reverend Copson raised his hand first. Uh, you, everything you want to challenge me? Why? So, thank you, Bishop. Uh, I think probably it might be that there are a lot of things on the husband's mind. Probably financial pressure, probably tiredness. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so I, I mean, the person who asked this question. So, like I was saying, probably 
all these things come together and make the man not to, I mean, do what I'm supposed to do for a long time. So, ladies, sometimes must bear with us. But this thing also comes and make things also difficult a little bit. Thank you. Bishop wants to say something. I, I also want to say that I think sometimes, you know, this whole process, it requires both of you to contribute. So, if you have a scenario where, let's say you're having sex with your wife, and then the wife is making sarcastic comments, men are said that such things into us. So, the wife may not know until the husband tells her, say, maybe sometimes your comments you make or the way, the way you go about even the position just makes the penis go down. I mean, let me give you a practical example. This is not in marriage, but I mean, because I deal with situations. Say, the man wants to have sex in a particular way, position. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the wife seems not to be enjoying that, but that's what the man wants. So maybe in the process of getting to his orgasm, then the wife changes the position or does some noise. It can easily quench. And if you are not, if you are not aware that that is what is causing that, you can easily have a husband who is not enjoying the wife. And that's one of the reasons why communication is not just, oh, I love you, I love you. But sometimes even such things, you have to communicate that, baby, I'm, I don't enjoy the way your position. You always so it's like you may think that your husband is not, but you are. He's not telling you that you are not giving him right, whatever. So I think a lot of things go into it, and it's all peculiar. So the couples must about it and then solve it. So Reverend Aka has something to say. Reverend, Reverend Richard, please. I was just I just wanted to ask uh, Reverend Copson. He was given an explanation. But the question is, why is it that it is during sex before his uh, financial and all those things comes in? <laughs> if, if not for Akpa. <laughs> so, um, so, Reverend, I, I think I mentioned a lot of things. something that happens often or occasionally. Get it? That one has to be uh, taken care of. We also have to see if it's medical. It could be medical. It could be psychological. It could be any other thing. If it is known, 
then we'll see how to uh, go about it. And like Bishop also said, I mean, it should be discussed. And all also uh, starts from the beginning. See? The foundation, like Bishop said. If there is free conversation about issues, they easily can go there and solve them uh, out. It's also to do with Bishop uh, Fabian who say down. As soon as you get there, down. There's no for pray, nothing. All you do is down. Much more pray, excitement before you bring in the down. Amen. And we, really medically, as the four pray goes on, you will not stay down. She uh, or down uh, then free through. Amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Aka. All right, Reverend Richard, you want to say something? And what I want to say is sometimes as a spouse, I also think that you should know the sparking plug of each other. As you are going on and you realize that the thing is going down, you quickly start pressing it. There are some men, as you are, you are tickling the nipple, you see that the thing will start rising. There are some men, as your hand is on the, on the bottles, you see that the thing will be rising. So it depends. So as the thing is going down, I believe that all of us should be open to know where the plugs are. So that the thing is coming down, you begin to press the plugs, then you see that things will be knocking yeah. things. Actually, to add to that, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. And the plugs also change according to seasons. Oh, okay. So maybe in your, up to like 45 years, this was working. But from 45, you must know what has changed and where, where, the what blocks went. has moved to. That's very important, which yeah. sometimes people don't do. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Bishop. Appreciate, appreciate. Aha. Bishop, this one is very interesting. Someone is asking. I'll come to that, please. Someone is asking, can you say no to sex if your husband does not wash down when he comes from work? Very, very interesting. So I think this one to you, Bishop. So the question expressly, can you say no? Go and wash down before. I think, I think, I think, you know, when we follow scriptures, scriptures says that do not defraud each other because your body is for your spouse. So in that sense, you can't say no. But practically, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's actually wickedness. To, 
to know that your spouse would want a very green atmosphere in terms of your body smell and all that to be able to do his best or her best and then you keep giving that's yes I don't think it's fair so if it continues then it's a type of psychological problem that requires a counsel in that case you can say no because sometimes some of these things it, it affects the spouse seriously yeah I think we, we there was a couple who came to meet us one time and the, the man was a pastor and it's the man who came to open up to us that um, the wife two things doesn't bath and then number two the teeth also on ten chinesing. And and Elbano. And she more likes kissing. <laughs> so I think it was a very difficult situation to discuss and then but we had to I, I asked my wife to talk to the lady. Because I mean I, I couldn't address it. So it's 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 sometimes it's not it's not nice. And some of these things, it's not easy to talk to somebody about your spouse about. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bishop, please, uh, Mrs. Joyce, AJ wants to say something. Yes. Hallelujah. Medically, it's not fair. A man will go to work. You use the washroom at least two or three times. When you finish, men don't really clean up. Just shake it. You carry bacteria at the tip of your penis. Then when you come home, you put it... <laughs> Please, Pastor Abraham is spoiling us. <laughs> when you come back home and you sleep with your wife with that penis with bacteria and fungi around the tip, you transfer all those organisms to her. So you realize that your woman almost always has fights. She is almost always itching. She will treat. One, two weeks, and it comes back. Recently, we had a case in my facility. She had put on IUD, that's family planning. And IUD has a, a string that hangs outside the service. That string alone there irritates your vagina. The husband comes in the evening and doesn't bath. Well, we didn't have this information. But after the treatment, the infection was so bad that they had to take the IUD out. And the gynecologist said, When you are going to bath in the evening, make sure you go with your husband. So for the infections carried throughout the day, you come and you put it in there for her. And the beer, you see that your, the, the vagina is opening, getting bigger 
it is because of the recurrent infections that comes with discharges. So whenever you are entering, it's opened. But if our husbands will bath and clean up all those bacteria before getting in, we will enjoy sex. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sister Joyce. Max, I wanted to add to what. Yes, please, Bishop. Um, what, what our sister is saying is so true. But the other side also is that, you see, the man's penis, the surface area, is smaller compared to the woman's vagina. It is believed that women excrete a lot of things. So women actually are supposed to, and if you, you know what I'm talking about, there are different membranes and levels of the whole. So it is important that the women take their time and wash that area. Because sometimes, even with all due respect to what I'm saying, what they excrete in terms of poo-poo, whatever, sometimes some splashes to that area. So if you're a woman and you think you bath, but you don't take your time to wash that area, sometimes it's not your husband. It is your own inadequate washing of your vaginal area that is causing the infection. Because you see, a woman will just sit on a toilet, whatever, and can easily get infected. But a man may be moving around and has not yet gotten infected. Because it's easier for them to catch an infection. You can even stand by a bush and then catch an infection. So, I'm just saying, in addition to what Joyce has said, that it's true, your husband has to bath. But there are times that husbands are bathing. But the women still have those infections. And it's because the women are not taking their time to wash that area. So that is very important. Let's put our hands together for Bishop. Sometimes the men are bathing. And so women, please also take note. Very interesting question here, mommy. This one says that, please, what should you do if your husband takes drugs before sex without your knowledge? Hallelujah. Does that mean that is to enhance his performance? That means you are not satisfied the way he's going. Or naturally, he has gone low. So much so that he needs to go on drug before. That's quite serious. Without the knowledge of the wife. That's very interesting. That, that is serious. So the question is that, is it to enhance performance? That's what I asked. Uh, so I think, well, the person didn't, the person didn't go deep, but says that, what should you do if your husband takes drugs before sex without your knowledge? I don't know whether it is to sustain or to enhance. Uh, well, I would, I would say um, that if you're enjoying it, I mean, that's what matters. But if it is hurting you and then you get to know, then it's mistrust, it's an issue. But if you are enjoying it and you get to know that, ah, Asuma, you have been doing this to make me happy. I mean, it's not anything to 
So it depends on And I would also wonder why your husband wouldn't tell you anyway. I mean, yeah. Unless he's some way. Yeah. I think time is... Yes, Bishop. So let's take this last two. Yes. It says that... Is it good to redraw when you are about to ejaculate? That's the last but one question. Hello. It's so painful and annoying when it is done that way. Because sometimes, that's the time the woman is also getting up there. And then, it's, it's some people's method of um, um, family, family planning. But I tell you, it's so painful. I, I hate it like something. Hey! I just, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's where are you going? <laughs> Please, you had, you had the By the it. grace of God, it's not something that happens often in my home at all. It, it must be rectified. No, nothing. I don't want it. No. If it is a method that is being used then why don't you try another method? Because sometimes, at that point, the woman is also enjoying the thing. So when it's come, unless both of you have agreed that's the method you're going to use, then that one, I rest my case. Until Lizzie is smiling. I think she has something to add to it. <laughs> yes. Until Lizzie. Yes. She wants to add something to it. Oh, we want to hear her voice. Oh. Until Lizzie has something to say, please. I think that's the withdrawal method. I think so. But maybe they want to prevent kind of pregnancy or something like that. But there should be a mutual understanding. Yes. It has to do with the couples. Yes. It should be consensual. You want, to, you want to say something? Okay. All right, please. The last question. Bishop, please, in openness, if my spouse does not reciprocate, what should I do? And that's the last question. Yes. In openness, if my spouse does not reciprocate, what should I do? I think that was what I said earlier. That, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. As believers, we should be open. But truth be told, there are times that it's safer to not to be open. And so those are some of the hybrids, some of the complications that God is watching in marriages of today. So if your spouse is not reciprocating and you feel that you have done it enough then maybe you just have to also slow down, that could help him yeah wow, an unfortunate situation let us put our hands together for the bishop oh, appreciate the bishop we are closing, appreciate the bishop and also appreciate mommy yeah
I told you, look, we are here to learn. Yeah. I believe you've been blessed for listening to this powerful message. For prayers and counseling, contact the following numbers. 0273-240-449-0540-774941. Stay blessed. Live like you.